All right, here's what you're missing if you aren't tuning in to Time of Grace with Pastor Mike Novotny. Someone hurts you at school, you're not going to throw the stone back, but you hope they get a little bit of what they gave to you. You hope that they hurt in the way that you hurt. It, it just wouldn't be right if God would bless a person like that. But friends, I want to warn you, <clears throat> holding on to sin for another day will just make it harder to let go tomorrow. We are working through our acronym for HOPE because quite honestly, I want you to have hope and I think the world could use a whole lot more hope and hope that is not just based on whims and wishes, but true and lasting hope. So today we are gonna focus on the letter O for one mind and one purpose. Hey guys, it's Amber, wife, mother, warrior, type A child of God. Here at Little Things, we examine everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for joining me. I don't know about you, but too often I have felt overwhelmed and underfulfilled. And I've been running in every direction possible and chasing every little flashy thing and not having a clear and direct purpose for my life. And if you do that, it is so easy to waste your time and your energy and your money on things that really don't go where you want them to be going and that don't fulfill the purposes and the plans that you really have. I often say we fall into bad habits, but good habits are intentional. And if we don't have a clear focus, if we don't have a clear purpose, it is so easy to just um, go this way and that way and every which way, up, down, and all around and not know what we're doing or why we're doing it. In fact, in 2020, I believe, I made a vision board. I didn't actually make a board. I, I made a list, rather, of goals, and I used it as a vision board. But clearly, I did not use it for very long because I recently came across it, and I was surprised at a lot of the goals that I made I was surprised because I had forgotten about them. And that's not a very good vision board. If you just make it and then you forget about it, you put it away somewhere. Because the purpose of a vision board is really to point you in the right direction and to keep you on track. Much as the purpose of a mission statement is to remind yourself every time you go to make a decision, you know, this is my mission statement. Is this decision going to align with this mission statement? And if the answer is no, then it's a clear, well, I shouldn't do that. But if the answer is yes, this would be a great thing that aligns with the mission statement, then we obviously want to go that direction. You know, my husband and I have found for years now that if we are intentional about our money, we can do amazing things. We can pay off something or we can save for something or we make, we make things happen when we're intentional with our money. And the years that we're not intentional with our money, it is amazing how at the end of the year, we have no idea where our money meant, went. And that is just a crazy way to live. In fact, every time that that happens, we absolutely say that we're never going to let that happen again. And then a year gets away from us. We get busy doing other things. We forget to make a goal. And, um, you know, then we are chiding ourselves for doing that again. So um, I think it's important to be intentional and to have purpose and to find a purpose and 
make sure that the things that we are doing are in accordance with the purpose that we want for our life. Otherwise, we tend to be like the dandelion fluff here, there, everywhere without really landing and making a mark. I want to direct us to Matthew chapter 25 because Jesus gave us a parable that I think can really help us in this endeavor. I'm going to read it. It used to be called the parable of the talents. Now I believe it's called the parable of the money bags, but I'm not entirely sure because I have an older Bible. Um, doesn't matter what the title is. Let's just get into the word. Matthew 25 starts um, at verse 14, I believe. You see, the kingdom of heaven is like a man going on a journey. He called his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one, he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to still another one talent, each according to his own ability. Then he went on his journey. The servant who had received the five talents immediately put them to work and gained five more talents. In the same way, the servant who had received the two talents gained two more. But the servant who had received one talent went away, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The servant who received the five talents came and brought five more talents. He said, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. The servant who received the two talents came and said, Master, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the servant who received one talent came and said, Master, I knew that you are a hard man, reaping where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter seed. Since I was afraid, I went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. His master answered him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I did not plant and gather where I did not scatter seed? Well, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers so that when I came, I would get my money with interest. Take that talent away from him and give it to the servant who has the 10 talents because everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. But the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Throw that worthless servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want to direct your attention to two phrases before we get too deep into this. The first phrase is, he called his servant and entrusted his possessions to them. We are entrusted with time, talents, and treasures. God gives them to us but not for us to just use willy-nilly or to use for our own benefit and blessing, but he entrusts them to us. As in, these are mine, but I am trusting you to use them. Doesn't that switch things up a little bit? If I think of it in those terms, 
I don't want to let God down. The second phrase I want to direct you to is to one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to still another one talent, each according to his own ability. Wow. God doesn't expect the same things from each of us. And that was a lesson I had to learn. There were times that I thought, well, if I'm teaching Sunday school, everybody else should be able to teach Sunday school. Or if I'm serving in this way at church, why aren't other people serving in this way at church? And the reason is because God gives us each according to his own ability. That means we don't have to worry about how Susie over there is spending her time, her talents, her treasures, because God has gifted her according to her ability. And we don't have to worry about how Mark is spending his time, his talents, his treasures, because God has entrusted those to him according to his ability. The only thing we have to worry about is if we are using what God has given to us in such a way to benefit the kingdom and to glorify God. Now, let's break those time, talents, and treasures up. Time. The People's Bible, which is my favorite Bible commentary series, says this. Um, Our talents include the many opportunities that God provides for us for using our talents to serve us and our neighbor. What opportunities has God given you in this season? And I think the important words are in this season. Depending on what point of life you're at, you're going to be using your talents and your treasures in different ways. Your time is going to be spent totally differently when your kids are young compared to when they are gone away to college and compared to when they're having children of their own. When you are taking care of elderly parents, you're going to be using your time and you're going to have very, very, very different opportunities than in seasons when you're not. So the question is, are you looking out for the opportunities that God is putting in your path as ways for you to serve? And we may need to pray and ask God to open our eyes to those opportunities. There is no opportunity that is too small. It may be the opportunity to comfort a child who is crying because they're hurt. It may be the opportunity to help a teenager find their way in what seems to be a super confusing part of life. It may be the opportunity to help somebody who's elderly to feel like their life still adds value. We can make the most of the opportunities just by keeping our eyes open and being aware of the people around us. We have the hope of life with Christ. We know what it is to feel weak. And we know how many times God has strengthened us. We know what it is to feel overwhelmed and we know what it is to be able to cast our burdens on God. And so we need to be looking for those opportunities all around us to share that message of hope with other people. So time. Talents. Okay. The quote from the People's Bible on talents. 
The talents that Jesus gives us include all the intellectual and physical abilities we are born with and we develop. So there are natural abilities that we all have. And then there are the skills that we develop. We go to school to use them um, better. We learn different traits and different skills throughout our life. And we're, you know, we hone those skills. And so we're able to use them better. So your abilities include all of those things. And let me just point out, I'm just going to take a little side rabbit hole here, but, um, you know, I just want to mention spiritual gifts here because spiritual gifts, again, if you didn't have a chance, go back and listen to my interview with Dr. Bruce Becker. He wrote the book Gifted for More, which is a phenomenal book talking about spiritual gifts. And he made the very clear distinction. Spiritual gifts are not talents and abilities. They are instead gifts that God has given his people to use in the church. So they include things like the gift of encouragement or showing mercy or serving or leading or being uh, administrating. Uh, administrating. Um, they are gifts like teaching. Those gifts, and we are all given them, none of us have been neglected when it comes to spiritual gifts. We're all part of this body. The Apostle Paul says that, you know, we're a body and we all work together. You can't have a toe that, you know, doesn't work with the foot. The foot and the toe are connected. And we need the foot, we need the toe, we need the hand, we need the fingers, we need the ears. We need all these parts of the body. They're all different. God has gifted us with these different spiritual gifts to be used in the church to keep the church running. And I just want to mention that if you haven't done a spiritual gift inventory, it is well worth the time. Why? Because so many times people aren't aware what their spiritual gifts are. You might have sort of an idea. You may hear people saying something like, you are so encouraging. Or you may have realized that you like to serve a lot. You'll be the person who shows up for a work day at church. And when they tell you what to do, you just, you'll just go do it. And you're thrilled to use your energy that way. Um, but you hate leading. You took a job, uh, you took a three-year term on the council or whatever, and you just hated it. Or they put you in charge of some committee at church for a certain amount of time, and it just wasn't your thing. It was just drudgery going you know, month after month to these meetings and whatever. So the point being that if we don't know what our spiritual gifts are, so often we don't know how to use them in the kingdom. And once we know what our spiritual gifts are, then we are able to joyfully serve in that way. So when we talk about time, talents, and treasures, talents are not the same as spiritual gifts, but I'm going to put spiritual gifts in with talents just because these are traits that we use in the kingdom for God's people. And it's so, so, so important to just figure out what those spiritual gifts are and be able to use them. So little side note there, um, hopefully you've already gone down that path and you've figured out what your gifts are and you're hard at work in the kingdom using those gifts and God bless you if you are. But if you're not, pick up Dr. Bruce Becker's Gifted for More book. There's a spiritual growth inventory at the end. You can also find some, I think, free online if you just Google it. Um, But anyway, I didn't want to miss the opportunity to talk to you about that. 
So that's talents and then treasures. And the People's Bible notes that our talents and our treasures, our talents include all the material possessions that come into our hands. So those would be things like books and houses and cars and money, all the things that you have, are they helping you to serve others and serve in God's kingdom? So I noted, I've noted on different podcasts that I, I used to be, so I was a creative writing and literature major, and I had amassed a large, large number of books. And at some point, I realized that, you know, our house isn't super huge, and a lot of bookshelf space was used by my books. And I started realizing that if I gave my books, my Christian books, to the church library, then other people could read the books that would otherwise just be sitting on my bookshelf. And I can't tell you how much joy it brings me to know that other people are learning the same lessons that I've learned from the Christian books that I've read. So several years ago now, I just decided that that's how I was going to, you know, put my books to work. And it's something so silly. If you like to read and you're able to share those books with others, that is really a fun way to just spread the the knowledge around. And what's even more fun, if you can talk your friends into having a book study together or tell them to read the book and then you want to go have coffee with them, what a great way to have fellowship, to encourage one another, and to encourage reading at the same time, and to use the talents that somebody else used to unleash and unlock a spiritual truth, to use their talents to encourage and, you know, affirm and spur someone else on and in the meantime, being spurred on yourself. So win, 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 win your car, you know, yes, I know we know we need our cars to get to work and we need our cars to, um, you know, take our family from A to B, but Can you pick someone else up along the way? Can you help another family out? Can you carpool? Um, Is there an elderly person who needs a ride to a clinic or whatever? Everything that we have, it, it doesn't have to just be for us. We can use our houses, our books, our material possessions to help other people too, which is just a really fun way to be generous with the money and the possessions that are entrusted to us. I had something happen about a week ago that really changed my mind about money. It didn't change my mind so much. That's not the right word. It more really illustrated what God talks to us about with money all the time. So in Malachi chapter three, God is having this discussion with his people because they've been bringing him their weak and their lame and their blind animals as sacrifices. And God's saying, look, you wouldn't even bring this to your governor. You wouldn't give your governors these crippled, lame animals. Why are you bringing me the worst of your flock to get rid of them instead of bringing me good sacrifices? And he gives us this, this, challenge. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven 
and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room for it. And it's, you know, really a lesson on giving to God, right? Don't give God the leftovers, but give to God from from the first that you have and with a cheerful heart and joyfully and don't grudgingly, you know, throw down a couple dollars in the offering plate, that type of thing. So most of us are pretty familiar with that concept. But so we had this situation where my daughter had her birthday and a couple weeks later, her friend had a birthday. And my daughter asked if she could have her friend over on her birthday. And I said, yes. And there's a particular store that this friend likes to go to. And so my daughter asked if we could go to that store while this friend was over and buy her a gift. And I said, yes, of course, not a problem. Well, this was the problem. I had this big project I was in the middle of. So I had been working a lot of hours uh, at work. And then I had this big project. And two days before this, I had gotten this email that said, Amber, it's urgent. We need to get this project done like now ASAP. And so all of a sudden, I honestly did not have the time to go to the store. So I asked my older daughter, who's 21, to go with my younger daughter and her friend to the store. And I gave each of them the same amount of money. And I said, you know, you may pick out this amount and you may pick out this amount. And then, you know, you both will be able to get a a gift. So what happened is that this girl who is three years younger than my daughter went and picked out things, but didn't look at the prices. And they got up to the cash register and her bill came to more than three times what I had given her to use. And so my daughter, who had the friend over, had to use her money to pay for it. But then she had birthday money that she had gotten from her grandma. And so she needed to use that to pay for the whole bill. And she got home and she was super frustrated because her friend had not looked at the prices and, you know, just seemed to not care about this. And I sort of let her think about this for a little bit. It just happened that this happened on a Wednesday and we have our catechism and our Bible history at church during that time. So my daughter was sort of stewing and feeling kind of rotten because her birthday money had gone actually to pay for all of her friend's stuff. And I had questioned my older daughter, like, well, why didn't you make her put some of that back? Or why didn't you say, and she said, well, they just sort of wanted to do this on their own. And I, I thought I would let them. And, you know, our other daughter had enough money to cover it. So she said, I didn't step in and, and say anything. So my daughter went to catechism and during catechism, she just had this change of heart. She just decided she wasn't going to stew about it. It was her friend's birthday and she was glad that she got what she wanted. And even though it didn't really work out the way she wanted it to, and she'd probably do things differently the next time, she just decided it was what it was. If that's where her birthday money went, then it was a okay way for her to use her birthday money. Well, let me tell you what happened. When my husband heard this, and now he's hearing it after the fact, so he's not only hearing what happened at the store, he's hearing my daughter's frustration 
But then he's hearing her heart change where she decided, you know what? It's okay if I spend my birthday money that way. You know what my husband did? He got his wallet out and he paid the bill. Now, I don't know about you, but I think for the first time I saw God's heart. When we're generous to God and others, it's like God is going to make sure we have more than enough. He's not going to say, well, that was really nice. Now you're going to have to work a long time to make that, you know, make that up. And sometimes we will. But God, he never, ever has made me suffer when I've been generous with other people. I can honestly say in all of my years, when I give to ministries from the heart and when I'm just happy that I have the money to give to other ministries, I have never missed that money. I don't get to the end of the month and think, well, if only I had that money, I'd have more money to pay the bills. Or I just have never missed the money that I've given to ministries. I really haven't. I think we hold on to things pretty tightly. And maybe just me. Maybe I'm the only one. We, we're afraid to be generous with our time. Thinking, well, well, if we spend all our time doing that, we won't have time to do other things. You know, it's funny because my husband and I raised our children in the church. We just were there all the time. My husband did praise band and the kids helped out with that. I taught Sunday school. In fact, I was Sunday school superintendent. We put on plays at church. We were just at church all the time and our kids were the best friends with the other kids that were at church. And that meant that we didn't do traveling teams for sports. And it meant that we didn't do a lot of other extracurricular activities. But we raised our children in the church. And I have had so many discussions with my children in the last year or two about being deliberate about spending our time in the church and raising our children in the church, and this is why. And I can honestly say that I have zero regrets, that I wouldn't do it differently at all, that I still have amazing friends that I did ministry with, and that I have watched so many of my children's friends who put so much time so much energy, so much money into sports. Every weekend, that's where they were. And they get out of high school and they're done. But you know what they don't do? They don't go to church. So you can choose where you put your time and your talents and your treasures. It's up to you. It's 100% up to you. But are you keeping eternity in mind? One of the things that we did this year in my family is that um, I don't remember which one of my children, actually. I think it might have been my son. But one of my children said something to me once, just threw it out there. Like, Mom, why don't we have a Bible study at our house and just invite our friends and stuff? And so we, I, I said, yeah, that's a great idea, but I didn't act on it. 
you know, for a month or two. And then I thought, you know, if, if I have a child who's actually saying this and suggesting it, I probably, I probably should actually be deliberate and intentional about this. And my children are older. I have a 21, 19, 16 and 14 um, year old. And so my 16, 19 and 21 year old all have boyfriend slash girlfriend. And so I told them to invite them and then invite their other friends. And I cannot tell you how amazing it has been. We've had two Bible studies. We've had about 20 people over. And I want to, I, I, I want to put my time, my energy, and my money into raising up the next generation of people to lead the church. And that's going to mean spending time with them and telling them the truths that I've learned over the years that I've served. And boy, is it already reaping rewards. If my children have friends who walk with the Lord and who hold them accountable and who help them and spur them on to ministry, man, that's a neat thing. I'm going to end with this quote by J.J. Packer. It says, Our high and privileged calling is to do the will of God in the power of God for the glory of God. In other words, whatever we have, whatever's been entrusted to us by God, when we're singularly motivated to use our time, talents, and treasures in order to bear the most fruit, we will keep looking for opportunities and use those opportunities we have to make the greatest impact in God's kingdom. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Thanks for listening again this week. And don't forget, we're here for you. Check out the many resources we have to help you on your faith journey. Just go to timeofgrace.org to sign up for our daily email that will keep you in the loop with all that we have available.